episode five, the last episode of series four. That is so sad. I know. It's been a it's wild ride, this series. But it we've has. got a great finale. And coming up, Hannah, what have we got coming up? Coming up, we've got an interview with Steve Martin um, with, that Josh is doing, so that's always good. Um, and we're also joining, uh, joined by Emma, aren't we? And we're going yes. to talk about Pentecost, which is coming very soon. So that'll be fun. So what, have you done anything at the weekend? At the weekend, uh, it was Eurovision. So me and Jack went to Eckington Church um, and we all gathered together to watch Eurovision. So that was very fun. And we all had a uh, bingo for like, if there was a key change or if you saw someone wearing a hat and you had to cross off each of these things while you're watching the show. It's like, it's interesting. And who won? Jack Voila. <laughs> But yeah, that was very good. Um, we had a good time. Yeah, it was great. And now we are going to go into an interview with Steve and Josh. Stephen, my beloved grandfather, and um, we're very happy to have him here. Steve, we've got a few questions about encounters with God um, and your relationship with Jesus. So um, if you're ready, we will begin. Okay, hi. So the first question we've got to ask you today is what made you believe in Jesus? Well, um, I had an idea that there was a God and I had some sort of faith uh, up to being a teenager, yeah. but uh, it was when I was actually babysitting with yeah. Janet, who is now my wife, yeah. uh, when we were at uh, school, and we went out babysitting one night, and um, we got talking about God and Christianity and things, and I realised that perhaps I didn't know Jesus particularly well I thought it was some distant yeah. thing um, so we spent some time and she explained to me through a little booklet called steps to peace with God uh, about how God had sent Jesus to the earth to pay the price for our sins and the things we'd done wrong so that we could get close to God again. Yeah. So it was through that, I would say that is really the first time I met Jesus properly. That's really good. So uh, you mentioned you were, you were with Janet at school. How did you actually meet Janet in the first place? Well, um, she was, well, that we met, I think, on a geography field trip. Nice. Right? Um, because we weren't in the same class for most things yeah. um, so but we went on this geography field trip and um, I do remember volunteering to clean her walking boots at the end of us going out on a day's trip and I think that's probably what made her interested in me and I was interested in her we did go to some parties at the end of term because it was sort of near the end of yeah, term yeah. and there were some end of term school parties uh, that we met at as well. Um, so yeah, it was at school and 
I think it was the boot cleaning that probably... Nice. Uh, yeah, I never knew <laughs> that. That's interesting. Mm. Um, so back to Jesus now. What do you actually think Jesus is like as a person? Ooh, well, um, well, I think he's very... I would say, I imagine, and I understand from my point, he's kind, um, sympathetic, understanding. Yeah. He's also kind of cares about the poor and the lost and the needy, you know, things yeah, like yeah, that. Definitely. So he wants to help people like that. Sure. Um, now a question we actually like to ask the guests on Oaks Online is what is your favourite cereal? Ooh. Uh, well, my usual cereal is, is bran flakes, nice. but I won't have it without anything on it. So it's, okay. it's a bit boring on its own. So yeah. um, you can buy bran flakes that's like got the fruit and the nuts mixed with it. Yeah. But usually I just buy ordinary bran flakes and I put my own sultanas or bananas nice. or whatever. But I do like other things, but that's probably my go-to favourite. Yeah, it's a good choice if you ask me. Um, how do you live out your faith at work? Now, tell us a little bit about what you do for a job and how you try your best to live out your faith at your job. Well, my job is being a vet. Um, I was brought up on a farm and uh, wanted to work with animals. Uh, I enjoy, I'm interested in science and nature. Yeah. And uh, so, and I... Uh, Went to university, obviously, to be a vet and uh, learnt all about that. I think God has created all of everything that we see yeah, around yeah, yeah. us, including ultimately the animals. And I think he's given us the responsibility of caring for animals. So I think it fits very well with that. Um, and uh, obviously try to make sure animals aren't suffering or in pain. and them to get better um, in terms of working with other people I think most people at work know that I'm a Christian and yeah um, I also try to make sure I'm honest and have integrity in what I do because you will occasionally get clients who ask you to fiddle an insurance claim or something like that yeah. but I will always decline that Good. offer um, and, uh, yeah Good. so I think that's how I live it out really nice and uh, well, actually we've only got one more question okay and that would be we were just wondering if you had an example of a particular encounter that you've had with God or Jesus that you'd like to tell us about well um, I think there's been times in my life where I've felt um, yeah, like closer to God, perhaps. I'm trying to think. One, one was perhaps when um, I was present at the birth of our first daughter, who happened to be your mum, Hannah. Uh, Hannah. Yeah. Um, and I really felt that it was just so amazing to see this new creation, and also I felt very much that as a father, how much love you have for something and I kind of identified how much God as a father must love us as his yeah. children because he's been involved in creating us but we're all different and all unique and all special yeah. and, and I felt that was a particularly uh, 
emotional and poignant time. Obviously, that was repeated twice more with yeah. more children, but and then grandchildren. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I think that was a, a good time. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, really interesting what you've said there, especially uh, speaking about my mum as well. Mm. So. Everything, thanks so much for coming on. Okay, Steve. it was a pleasure, and um, we'll now go back to the studio. Thank you, Josh and Steve. That was that was very good. Um, I love the walking boot story, it was amazing. <laughs> um, but now we're joined with Emma to talk about Pentecost yeah. and the Holy Spirit. But this is how God looks. I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father. Hello, everyone. Hello. You're here. I know. I'm with you on the sofa. John and Julia are away. Yes. So they've left us. To do it ourselves. To our own devices. Yes. Scary. Scary. <laughs> Dangerous. <laughs> Who knows what we'll do. Oh. Hey. No, we're not going to do anything wild, though, really, are we? <laughs> We've uh, got a plan, haven't we? We've planned it. We have, yes. Uh, Pentecost next week. Mm -hmm. What's Pentecost? Anyone know? Yes. Go on, Jack. Pentecost is when uh, the Holy Spirit came down to see the disciples. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty good summary, I'd mm -hmm. say. Um, so the Holy Spirit, slightly different to Jesus yes. in the fact that, well, we'll learn in a minute. We've got a video about the Holy Spirit, so we'll not give too much away. But we thought we would do that first, look at the whole character of the Holy Spirit in the Bible, who he is. And then we'll focus on Pentecost later on, yeah. because that will give us the backstory to what happens at Pentecost. Yeah? Yeah, perfect. Yes. So should we do that now? Yes. We've got a video. Hannah. I want to hold it so that we can all see. If you've ever heard the phrase, the Holy Spirit, and you want to know what it means, where do you start? Well, you have to start on page one of the Bible, where the uncreated world is depicted as this dark, chaotic place. But then above the chaos, God's spirit is there, hovering, ready to bring about life and order and beauty. Okay, but... What is God's spirit? Yeah, so the spirit is the way the biblical authors talk about God's personal presence. The Hebrew word is ruach. Ruach. Yeah, you got to clear your throat at the end. So what is it? Well, ruach can refer to a number of different things, but what they all have in common is energy. Energy, how so? So there's an invisible energy that makes the clouds move or the tree branches sway. Right, wind. So in Hebrew, that's ruach. Okay. Now take a big breath. <sighs> So you feel that inside you? Yeah, the air? Well, specifically the energy, right? The vitality in your body that you get from breathing deeply, that too is ruach. And this is the same word used in the Bible to describe God's personal presence. Just like wind and breath are invisible, God's spirit is invisible. Wind is powerful, and so God's spirit is powerful. And just as breath keeps us alive, so God's spirit sustains all of life. Yeah, ruach. 
Now, as we continue on in the story of the Bible, we see God's Ruach giving special empowerment to people for specific tasks. The first person in the Bible this happens to is Joseph. God's Spirit enables him to understand and interpret dreams. And then it happens to this guy named Bezalel, and he's an artist. God's Spirit empowers him with wisdom and skills. He's given creative genius to make beautiful things in the tabernacle. And we also see God's Ruach empower a group of people called the prophets. They're able to see what's happening in history from God's point of view. That's exactly right. And here's the problem as the prophets saw it. While God's Ruach had created a really good world, humans have given in to evil. They've unleashed chaos into it through their injustice. A new type of disorder. Yes. And the prophet said the spirit would come, just like in Genesis 1, but now to transform the human heart, to empower people to truly love God and others. How will this new act of God's spirit happen? Well, centuries pass and we are introduced to Jesus. And at the beginning of his mission, there's this beautiful scene where Jesus is being baptized in the waters of the Jordan River. Yeah, the sky opens up and God's spirit comes and rests on him like a bird. This story is saying that God's spirit is empowering Jesus to begin the new creation. And we see this happening when he heals people or forgives their sins. He's creating life where there once was death. Now, Israel's religious leaders oppose Jesus and they eventually have him killed. But even here, God's spirit is at work. The earliest disciples of Jesus, who saw him alive from the dead, said it was God's energizing spirit that raised Jesus. This is the beginning of new creation. Yes, and it's still going. When Jesus appeared to his closest followers, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And soon after that, the spirit powerfully comes on all of his disciples. So that they can become a part of this new creation and share the good news and learn how to live by the energy and influence of God's spirit. And so today, the spirit is still hovering in dark places. Yes, pointing people to Jesus, transforming and empowering them so they can love God and others. And the Christian hope is that the spirit is going to finish the job. The story of the Bible ends with a vision of a new humanity, living in a new world that's permeated with God's love and life-giving spirit. Okay. Yes. Well, Initial thought. Yeah. yeah. It was good. Yeah. yeah. Really sums it up well. Mm, Anyone does. know how to say the word ruach? I can't do it. I can't get the ruach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you have a cold, so you have the perfect time to do it. Anyway, um, what do we think? We've all got notes, but this we is how have, tired we yeah. are. Go on, what did we think? Um, so I thought that the Holy Spirit is really good as it, you know, it fills people and gives them talents and gifts. Mm. I thought that's what I loved out of that video when, um, you know, was it like, Carving or something. I can't remember the guy's doing, name, but, but yeah, the, he um, was making stuff, wasn't he? Yeah, and the Holy Spirit filled him, and he was filled with all these uh, talents and these skills. And that's yeah, what I creative. Yeah, amazing. Mm. Like you, Jack. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Kind of like when uh, Joseph, he had the the ability to like tell people what their dreams were and stuff. Mm. Oh, really interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I don't know about you, but did you actually think about the Holy Spirit being in the Old Testament like that before watching that video? Um, not really. I think we, I obviously thought, oh yeah, it will bound, it's bound to be in there and stuff, but I would never thought about it 
you know, in like the stories that's yeah. in the Old Testament. Because I'd thought I'd not really thought about the Holy no. Spirit being the one that revealed to Joseph about the dreams and yeah. stuff. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. And, mm. yeah. And obviously we know that like the Spirit was hovering over the waters in Genesis, but I don't think we really think about the Spirit coming upon people in the Old Testament. But yeah. it seems to be just that, doesn't it? It comes yeah. upon, upon people and then it goes. Yeah. And then mm. he goes. Yeah. Whatever. So weird mm. to think about. Not oh, yeah. like what we're going to see in the Pentecost video shortly. Yeah. Mm. Um, I've written down, weird to think Jesus breathed on people. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that part of the video was a bit, like, imagine that. Imagine being there and Jesus just being like, oh, by the way, yeah. <laughs> like, here, receive my spirit. Like, I just wonder what they thought yeah. you know, at the time. Yeah. What if you had a call? Well, yeah. It spread yeah. it Yeah. Word. <laughs> you don't want to be breathing on people right yeah. now. <laughs> um, yeah. Any, yeah. Anything else? What have you got, Hannah? Anything else? Um, so I said that when Jesus got baptised as well, I thought it was strange how the Holy Spirit came on him when he got baptised because surely you would think the Holy Spirit is in Jesus anyway. Mm, well, that's a good question. But then, Jesus is the Holy Spirit. When did the Holy Spirit come on Jesus, come into Jesus? That's a very good question. Know. I've not really yeah. thought about that. <coughs> you kind of assume the Holy Spirit's always with Jesus yeah. because mm. obviously his conception is a miracle and it says mm. mary conceived via the holy spirit yeah but then the fact that the holy spirit can come on him again when he's baptized that's weird mm. yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That. Mm. let's know i want to know yeah, what you think about that because i've not thought about that mm. good observation thank you well done <laughs> pat on the back uh, any more for any more before um, we go to pentecost video well i also thought that um the, when the disciples you know got the holy spirit um they were able to spread God's news and the word of God. Um, And it reached thousands of people just from the Holy Spirit entering them Mm. and them sharing it to others. Yeah. I thought that was just amazing. So we use the word, don't we use the term being spirit led, Mm. don't we? Yeah. Like what, you know, this is a really, again, a really good point. Well done (laughs) about like, we don't want to just be, we do want to share the good news of Jesus about Jesus to people, obviously, we do. But that, what you've just raised, begs the question of should we be Holy Spirit-led in how we do it? Or should we just, you know, because you go to town, anyone been to town, and seen these people on the street corner and, like, they're shouting about repent and believe yeah. and, all, and all that mm. stuff. And do you think yeah. that actually wins people? I don't know. Maybe it does to some people. Or, like, when you, people, you see people knocking on doors, even. Yeah. Well, like, I don't know. Do you think that? I don't know. I don't, yeah. Is that the way to spread the good news? Mm. Or is it the fact that they had the Holy Spirit that made people hear them better? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. We used to, have you heard of a lady called Jackie Pullinger? No. Really amazing lady. She was a missionary, right? right. Well, she is a missionary. Mm. She's still alive. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> um, and she said, I went to see her to give a talk once, and she mm. said that if you're listening to the Holy Spirit, you could say jam sandwiches and people would come to Christ. <laughs> That's what she said. Because if you're led by the Spirit, she, it doesn't matter. That's wow. what she said. I'm not saying that that's true or yeah. theologically sound. Yeah. I don't know. You could try it, go around saying jam sandwiches, <laughs> see people start repenting and believing. I don't know. But wow. Interesting to think that, yeah. that you picked up on that. Mm. That it was after they got the Holy Spirit that they were able to yeah. share in such great number. Yeah. Pretty and cool. people listened, yeah. Mm. Mm. So should we be Spirit-led? challenge for us mm. 
any more observations before we go to the Pentecost video? Yeah. I don't think so. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Let's watch that then. Watch the next one. There you are. One of the earliest accounts about Jesus of Nazareth, his life, death, and resurrection, was written by a man named Luke. We know it as the Gospel of Luke, but Luke continued the story in a second volume. Called the Book of Acts, and it's all about what Jesus continued to do after his resurrection. Acts begins with the disciples who are hanging out with Jesus, who's just come back to life, which is mind-blowing to imagine. And then for weeks, the risen Jesus kept teaching them about his upside-down kingdom, the new creation that he launched through his death and resurrection. This is exciting stuff, and the disciples are ready to go tell the world. But then Jesus tells them to wait and to stay in Jerusalem until they receive a new kind of power so they can be faithful witnesses to Jesus and his kingdom. Then he says that their mission is going to begin in Jerusalem, then move out to Judea and Samaria, and then from there out into the nations. It's like a roadmap for the whole book of Acts. Then the disciples saw Jesus enthroned as king of all creation. So the disciples wait, wondering when this power is going to come. And then comes the time of Pentecost. So this is an ancient Israelite festival it's during the early summer, and thousands and thousands of Jewish pilgrims would come back to Jerusalem from all over the world, all these different languages and cultures colliding in the city. And the disciples are together in a house, which is suddenly filled with rushing wind along with fire. Fire splinters off into tongues of fire hovering over people's heads. What's this all about? Yeah, so Luke is tapping into a repeated Old Testament theme. When God's presence showed up similarly at Mount Sinai, he made a covenant with Israel and gave them the Ten Commandments. Then later, when God's glory came in a pillar of fire, it filled the tabernacle when he came to live among them. That was just one pillar of fire, not many. Exactly. Luke's making an important point here. This is God's personal temple presence, God's spirit that was foretold by Israel's prophets. And now it's come to take up residence in the new temple of Jesus' body, that is, his people. They've become little mobile temples where God now dwells. And they start to tell stories about Jesus, but they're speaking in languages that they didn't know before, yet all the visitors can understand them. What's this all about? Well, Peter gets up to explain that this is the fulfillment of Israel's hopes based on the scriptures. God's plan was always to use the unified family of Abraham to bring peace and justice to the world. But the tribes of Israel had been scattered because of the exile. Now here at Pentecost, representatives from all of the tribes come back together and they're introduced to their Messiah, the crucified and risen Jesus, so they can now become the restored people of Israel. And thousands of them start following the way of Jesus. Which brings us to Luke's tale of two temples. So you've got the temple that Herod built in Jerusalem, where Jesus' disciples worship like the rest of the Israelites. But now there's also Jesus' temple, which consists of people. This temple's meeting together in homes all over Jerusalem, and they were approaching life in a radical new way. Right, think about it. Many of these pilgrims aren't even from Jerusalem, so they formed these new families, and they're all depending on each other. Yeah, people would sell their stuff, provide for the poor among them. They ate their meals together. They said their daily prayers together. They were learning from the apostles what it meant to live as if Jesus is the true king of the world. And it must have been exhilarating. But it wasn't all fun and games. Being God's temple is serious business, just like in the Old Testament. So you might know about that strange story in the book of Leviticus about two priests who disrespect God in the temple and then suddenly die. Well, Luke includes here a similar story of two disciples who dishonor God's spirit in this new temple, and they suffer a similar fate. 
So there's corruption in the community. But the bigger problem is coming from the outside. Yeah, from the other temple. Its leaders are threatened by this new messianic movement, and so they arrest the apostles, they try to stop them. And this brings us to the final story in the Jerusalem section of Acts. We're introduced to a new disciple, Stephen. Oh yeah, Stephen, he's on fire. He steps up as a leader among the disciples to serve the poor, and he would go to the temple courts to teach people about the way of Jesus. So the temple leaders arrest Stephen, and they find false witnesses to accuse him of dishonoring Moses and of being a terrorist who's threatening the temple. In response, Stephen gives this powerful speech about how predictable this whole situation was. Yeah, he retells the whole Old Testament story, highlighting characters like Joseph, Moses, and the prophets, people who are consistently rejected and persecuted by their own people. Israel's been resisting God's representatives for centuries, and so their rejection of Jesus and now of his followers is a rejection of God himself. They get angry, and they start to execute him by picking up rocks and smashing him to death. And as he's dying, he commits himself to the way of Jesus, to suffer because of the sins of others. He even cries out, Lord, don't hold the sin against them. This is basically what Jesus said at his death. Exactly. Stephen becomes the first martyr of the Jesus movement, with many more to come. But this persecution contains seeds of hope, which is why Luke introduces us to a new character here, a religious leader named Saul. He stands over Stephen's dead body and even approves of the whole thing. Wait, Saul, you mean the man who becomes the apostle Paul? Yes, Luke is showing how even this tragic murder can't stop Jesus' kingdom. And so many persecuted disciples scatter out of Jerusalem, and just as Jesus said, they head into Judea and Samaria. Now, the story of what happens there, that's what the next section of Acts is all about. Okay. Um, da, da, da. Anyone got any thoughts on this one? Um, so during Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came over the disciples. Is this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Go on, sorry. Um, All right, anyone got any thoughts? Go on, Han. Um, well, just during Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was able to come into the disciples, and that was when they were able to speak the word. Like we said before, they were able to um, share God's news with thousands of crowds that were at the yeah. celebration quite encouraging that it's not in your own strength. Do you not mm. find that? Because like, I'm not really like a great speaker in that way, like as in I wouldn't count myself as that, but mm. to think that God's spirit would help me oh, yeah. is mm. really comforting, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, amazing. And I've got, and similarly, mm. um, when the Holy Spirit came, it was like a wind. And that reminded me of the first video about the Holy Spirit, where it was like the Ruach. Ruach. I can't <laughs> say it. Ruach. I can't do it. I can't get the right the right <laughs> word. But that reminded yeah. me of that, you know, because yeah. when the, the wind came, it's a weird to think yeah. of God as a wind, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. Mm. How it, the Holy Spirit just came to them in a wind. Yeah, mm. weird. Yeah. Can't get my head around that. Anything, Jack, you want to say? Yes, I have a Go question. Go on. Mm. So, you know how Holy Spirit was coming to people and, like, giving them skills and stuff? Mm. Does that still happen today? That's a really good question. What do you think, Hannah? I think it does. I think when the Holy Spirit is in us, we have loads of different gifts. Um, so like Jack, he does bass. Mm. I think that's a gift. Mm. Um, I think for me, I'm good with helping children and working with children. I think that could be a gift from the Holy Spirit mm. that um, 
he has led me into that path and you know that's a gift from the Holy Spirit I think. yeah no I think that I think you're right I, I think you know the Bible tells us that that there are gifts that are given so like with Jesus he says he leaves apostles prophets teachers evangelists shepherds mm. so there are like different and your shepherding heart might be the the thing that leads you to working with children yeah. and caring mm. for them and and Jack, like Hannah said, you, you're clearly talented at music, mm. aren't you? I know mm. you practice a lot. So there's like you're having to hone a gift, aren't you? But there's clearly a God-given talent well to you. there. Because um, not everyone could do what you do and still want to practice that much. Mm. So there's clearly something in you. You know, why do you practice so much? You must love it, don't you? Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. So maybe God has given you that talent. I think you're right. God yeah. does give us gifts and I stuff. So, yeah. if it tells us in the Old Testament that that guy, in like in the first video, was given the gift of being able to be that creative and, and yeah. make things, why not? Why not be able yeah. to play the bass really amazingly? Mm. For it, it just makes sense, doesn't oh, it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, great question, Jack. I've got. Um, we are mobile temples, is what it put, what it said in the video. Yeah which was a weird, weird concept. Mm. Um, earlier on, Hannah, in the, in the episode, you said um, we went to the Eckington Church, right? Yeah. But if that video that we've just watched is right, it's saying that the people are the church. So why do, because we all do it, we all say, mm. oh, I'm going to church or I've been to the church or whatever. But how can we say that? If, if, it, if that happened at Pentecost, Jack, what happened when Jesus died? Uh, the ribbon was torn into the, cu the curtain. Yeah. yeah, the temple curtain was torn from top to bottom. And what was in what was in the temple before the the curtain was torn? Well, you remember that from the video? Because the tabernacle became the temple, didn't yeah. it? So what was in the tabernacle in the video? Remember the God's presence. Oh yeah. Yeah. So oh, God's yeah, presence. It's like God's presence is in everyone after the. Uh, yeah, so God's presence is no longer in the temple. No. So it's not like in a in a place anymore. It's not bound by a place anymore. That's why you can yeah. pray wherever you are, mm. or it's why you can, uh, you know, pray for other people wherever yeah. you are, or experience God. Like Doesn't have to be in this building, does it? Mm. So, yeah, why do we call the building church, or how can we go to church yeah. if it's the people? You know? If we are church. Yeah, because yeah. if the flame was on your head and your head in my head, mm. rather than over the tabernacle mm. tent thing, yeah. it means that the Holy Spirit's in each of us rather than over it. You've got mm. to imagine yourself, like in the video, with the flame over your head yeah. all the time. <laughs> like, that's what it means. Yeah. Mm. Hard to get out of our terminology, though. It is, mm. yeah. Because you would say, then, this is the building. Yeah, we need to say, church. this is the building. Mm. We went to the Eckington building. Building, yeah. yeah. In my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard though, it's really hard. Yeah. I say it all the time, like, oh, I'm going to church, but it's such a weird turn of phrase because if we understand the word church, like how Jesus was saying yeah. in the mm. New Testament, it's like you can't say, I'm going to family, yeah, or whatever, because yeah. that's basically what it is. You go to see family or you go to be with family, but you don't go to family, it's no. not a place, is it? Mm. It's a weird, yeah, weird concept. Oh, it is. Mm. So that's pretty much everything I've got written down. Have yeah. you got anything written down? Um, I don't well, think so, that, no. no. Jack, any more thoughts? No, I don't think so. Okay. So shall we just summarise? Yeah. Yeah. So I've got our summary points here. Does anyone want, do you want to read the first one, Jack? 
Holy Spirit has always been there, even since the beginning. Yeah. yeah. So we know that to be true. Yeah. All the way through the Old Testament and the New Testament, yeah. the Holy Spirit rested on people. Only difference is now we all have the Holy Spirit, yeah. whereas in mm. the Old Testament it kind of came on people. And, and then went again. And went. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, which brings us to the second one, Han. Um, so he's always been there from the beginning and he even now lives in us as well. Um, and when he lives in us, um, we're given gifts and talents and skills mm. and amazing things that we can do. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a good summary. Mm. And then the last one is the people of the church. And we probably need to change the way we talk about church. <laughs> All yes. of us, we need to yeah. get a different terminology rack. Yeah. Because we can't go to the building. <laughs> yeah, we can't go to church. We go to the building. Yes. Church is the people. Yeah. Pretty cool. Amazing. Well, thanks, guys, for yes. joining me on this little yeah. discussion. And hope, Enjoyed I feel it. like we learned quite a lot. Oh, I've learned loads, yeah. yeah. It was really good. Mm. Yeah. So thank you very much. Thank you. So unfortunately, the time has come to say goodbye and I'm very sad because I have loved this series. Mm. We've done so many interviews and so many good memories. But all good things must come to an end. So join us for series five of Oaks Online. See you. Thank you for watching. Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon Because he has anointed you to preach the news Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon you because He has anointed you to preach good news He has sent you to the poor Bind up the broken To bring freedom to the captive And release the ones in darkness This is the year of the favor of the Lord This is the day of the vengeance of our God. This is the year of the favor of the Lord. This is the day of the vengeance of our God. Spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon he has anointed us to preach good news. Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon us because He has anointed us to preach good news. He will comfort all who mourn. will provide for those who grieve. He will pour out the oil of gladness. Instead of mourning, you will pray. 
This is the gift of the favor of the Lord. This is the day of the vengeance of our God. This is the gift of the favor of the Lord. This is the day of the vengeance of our God.